cow. It's been yet another week. Been kind of a crazy week. I think we had this uh, football game going on between last meeting and this meeting. Or yes, and me- it, I guess we are these meetings. I don't know what they are. No, they're not Discussion, meetings. Discussions on, on media. It's making fun of Andy, pretty much, is what these shows turn into. Oh, but anyways, introduce what show we are on. This is uh, Porter County Buzz, one hundred three point one FM, and this is WVLP. Uh, you're listening to good old uh, radio in Valparaiso, Indiana, and we're sponsored today by the Independent Order of Oddfellows, Chequick Lodge number 56. It's also in downtown Valpo, and uh, yeah. And Greg, it's Valentine's Day. Well, we're it's recording not, like, on Monday, oh, but it'll be goodness. Valentine's yeah. Day by the time it airs. I just wanted to say I love you. Oh. <laughs> I you wish get, I could say the same, you but you one. know, I... I, I, I I don't want to lie, so, you know. Yeah, don't make our guests uncomfortable. <laughs> we can't both love each other. Well, you know, and, and it's good we're recording this the day before, because uh, on Valentine's Day, I'm actually going to be at the Chicago Auto Show. At least that's my plan, so. Oh, I didn't even know it's Auto Show time yet. Already. Oh, my goodness. Where have you been? Yeah. No, seriously. I haven't seen the commercials on the TV. And it's the least attended day of the year, traditionally, awesome. is the Valentine's Day, so. Well, your wife out of town? She's flying somewhere? No, she's probably going. Oh, she's taking her? <laughs> Well, all right. <laughs> There's some cringing on uh, the, the listeners with that. No, you know what? I'll tell you. It's been a tradition for years. Um, I've, I've gone to the auto show since the uh, early 70s, and uh, I would say I've gone more often than not on Valentine's That's Day. That's amazing that you're still so, married. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry. You didn't get one in. It's just another day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just another day. I know it. It's okay. I know it. But anyways... Um, yeah, and it was this uh, football game this past weekend. I guess it was, it was okay. Yeah, actually, it was yeah. super entertaining. I'm not. I, I don't watch NFL normally, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, this one I actually watched and had a great time. And I <clears throat> didn't catch all the commercials, which is new. You know, the, the commercials weren't as uh, as interesting, I think, as years past. Even though there were seven million dollars for a thirty second spot, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was okay. It was, you know, that I always like the games that that go to the end. Um, so it's not a blowout, you know. And this one was it kept your attention till yeah. the till and the end. I won a little money. I was oh, happy. that's good. Super Bowl squares. Gambling that uh, makes it fun. Gambling at Bushwood there. That's yes, good. <laughs> Bushwood. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's introduce our guest because he's got some Super Bowl stories. I'm sure. No, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, our guest today is uh, the Chief Eric Camel. I said it right. Yep. From uh, Camel. <laughs> no, it's Carmel. Camel. You said it right. No, Camel. camel. Yeah, camel. it's Camel. Camel, like the animal. Yeah. And uh, he's a Chesterton Fire Chief. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that correct? Is that the title? Yeah, that's it? right on. No, okay. Uh, and, and so how long have you been on Chesterton Fire? So I started on Chesterton Fire December 2009, um, and I worked my way up and became an engineer a couple years later. And then December of 2020, I was appointed as the interim fire chief. It was um, kind of caucused in, I want to say. And then, uh, six, <laughs> then six months later, uh, yeah. I was appointed the full fire chief privileges, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good ride, and uh, it's been a lot of a uh, lot of learning. And um, you know, it's really it's a really great department to work for. Um, we have 17 career members, including myself. Um, we've got three shifts of five, so it's A, B, and C shift. And so there's five guys on each day. They work 24 hours at a time, oh, and wow. then they're off for 48 hours. Um, so it's just a revolving schedule. Of it's every, like every Chicago third. Fire. I see that on TV. Right. That's so, how yeah. they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so it was a good weekend. Um, Super Bowl happened uh, yesterday. I got to go out to the dunes. Um, my wife, my two daughters, and my foster puppy. Uh, we all went out to the dunes and took a hike. I uh, got two of the three mountains uh, taken care of while we were out there. Oh, the three dune uh, challenge! Yeah. Nice. We, we did the two dune challenge for yeah. Super Bowl. But uh, the girls are young; they're only seven and eight, and uh, one of them liked one hill, but one of them didn't like the other hill. You know how it goes back and forth. Uh, but I uh, know it was a good time, and then uh, we just went over to a friend of ours' house uh, for Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. I uh, smoked some salmon and brought that over with us, and uh, yeah, really? everybody liked that. So. Just uh, you're quite the chef, man. Every yeah, time well, I see, you're always making something on Facebook. You always like to cook a good meal. Yeah. Everybody appreciates that more, anyways. And more uh, power to you for going out and actually getting physical exercise on the day of the Super Bowl. Because I'll tell you, I was cooking, but I wasn't doing a lot of physical work. Yeah, I mean the weather was just right. It was. Uh, you know, it's unusual for us to catch a 50 degree day here in February. So, uh, yeah. the opportunity exists. You got to take it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, it's uh, 
glad I could be here today and join mm-hmm. the show. Uh, entertain plenty of your questions that I can, and uh, <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want. Um, so I grew up in Chesterton. I uh, graduated from Chesterton High School 2001. Yeah, uh, baby. We, yeah, that's, 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 that's our year. The, uh, that's our year. We're the first <laughs> class out of the new building. There you go, yeah. Uh, so... That's either. I think it's a good thing because we, you know, the building's still there. We made there. our mark. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was adventurous and it was actually unusual because, you know, as we were juniors in high school, we knew we were the last ones that were leaving the building, and we were very used to that building. And then we got a whole new building. Mm-hmm. So like, even even the freshman students and the senior students, all grades in between, were all like, "Well, where is this?" Yeah. Like, and we had, remember we had to wear name tags. Right? That was new, you know. Yeah. I, student IDs. Student IDs. Oh. Name tags being okay. student IDs, but that was new for us. Hello, my name is. Yeah. yeah well, they enforced yeah. it. And you know, being a guy that would sneak out and do smoking cigarettes, that was me. Um, at the new building, I didn't know how to sneak out. <laughs> you know, it took a while. <laughs> didn't know what doors it took were a while, safe. So you still did it, yeah. but it took a we while. We figured out eventually. Not, not Eric. He was a good kid. I, yeah, on the other so hand, I was, <laughs> I was actually up in the radio room at WDSO. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that yeah. you worked with Matt Waters. So, yeah, Matt Waters oh, and I worked awesome. together. Uh, I did a lot of uh, sports uh, programming and broadcasting for WDSO uh, throughout my years at high school and then played uh, varsity baseball, obviously, all four years. Um, so, yeah, I did football and basketball. Um, you so, were on the baseball team. I didn't yep. realize that. What, what position? I pitched and played outfield. Oh, wow. Uh, so That's awesome. It was, it was a lot oh. of fun. Um, yeah, my and, son's going through that now, the freshman year of baseball, yeah. and uh, 5.30 a.m. practices twice a week. Oh, and my, it's good for him. My wife's loving it. Yeah. Oh, bad for her. <laughs> yeah, bad for her. She hasn't punished me with that yet right. to make me go. Give it time. Yeah. I just wanted to get his license. I'm like, my goodness. It's time. Yeah. And then uh, after I graduated from Cheshire High School, I came to Valparaiso University and uh, studied four years here, got a bachelor's in science and graduated in 2005. What were you going to uh, do? What was your plan? Uh, my immediate plan, uh, I was going to work uh, with John Sleggers at Eagle Aircraft and uh, get my uh, instrument, my commercial, and then he was going to ship me off to the Phoenix area to fly medevac uh, jets. He had a couple of Lear jets out there. Um, that was my immediate plan after college. <laughs> and, Sounds uh, like an amazing life. <laughs> and it, uh, it crumbled pretty quickly in 2008 uh, when they found out that uh, the Jets weren't doing enough business mm. and the recession was starting. Oh. Uh, and so they ended up selling their Jets that they had out there. And, uh, and that's actually when uh, I applied to get on Chester as a full-time uh, fireman. I was a volunteer and still am a volunteer out in Beverly Shores uh, fire. Uh, so I got my roots out there in Beverly Shores, uh, thanks to the Hyman family. Uh, there's Senior is the chief, uh, Junior is the deputy, Jeremy is the lieutenant, and Stevens is another one. So all, all four Hymans are on the department. And why do I know that name? That, and, wasn't he uh, the chief of Chesterton? No. Or was he, is, so Steve uh, was actually the firefighter of the year for Chesterton. That's why I know, because he's uh, on the tra- Okay, he's that's on what Chesterton. it is. Okay. And, uh, Sorry, Greg, I just saw him on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, picture no, the guy. No, no, no. Andy, Junior, and Jeremy are both on Portage. So I really had some great... Uh, hmm. uh, mentors there uh, to lead me in the right direction and show me you know the way things that the way things are done professionally and then uh, also that guide me in what classes I need to take next um, because one thing that you'll come to find out about firemen is it's just like it's just like uh, you know it's like getting your associate's degree uh, when you get your firefighter one too and then there's just, just different levels that you can continue on and on through and you can get more and more experience and more and more uh, certifications so you start out with your firefighter one two, and then you also pick up your EMT, or you get your EMT, then your firefighter one two. It doesn't really matter. But then from there, uh, it goes on. There's strategy and tactics. There's fire officers. There's fire investigations. There's inspectors. Um, there's just so many different levels of state courses that you can take. And one of the newer ones that they just came out with is the Fire Life Safety Educator course, which is basically the premise behind the whole community risk reduction aspect, um, which is we need to get into our communities and see what uh, we're having frequent flyers for. Like, let's say that there's a nursing home where there's a tripping hazard, and we keep going to the same nursing home because people keep tripping on the same, you know, flooring. And you said frequent flyer, not fires, right? Flyer. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just wanted to clarify. Frequent, yes. We, <laughs> like, we, if there's a frequent fireplace, like, yeah. I figure that's where you guys want to be. Yeah. No, we... Uh, Andy's we, cooking again. We, <laughs> we try to stay away from any of the frequent fires. Uh, but... Uh, 
I mean, the mill has that beautiful fire that's always going yeah. in the background, but that's supposed to be there. Like that, that, <laughs> hey, my kids love that, that one. one. Is, that one is frequently called in. <laughs> really? But uh, most of the time, it's you know figured out that it's just the mill with their normal exhaust. Running off their excess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so the community risk reduction aspect of things and how we can actually just see uh, trends in the fire service for call volume and see where we can actually maybe make an impact. Um, maybe, you know, Mr. Smith is uh, recently came home from the hospital and he needs to have some grab bars installed in his bathroom. Um, maybe that's something that we can come out ahead of time and go ahead, put that into place, put that action in. Help him install them or yeah. actually just make sure? Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Put, you guys are actually getting involved in the community yeah, like get, that? Get involved that's so amazing. that we can decrease the call volume. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, Jason. He's the chief of Bloomington, Indiana. And he said, if my fire department had zero calls, I'd be the best fire chief ever. And I said, well, you don't have to worry about being the best then, down do you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not realistic, but it is, it's the approach. It's the idea, it's the concept. Mm -hmm. um, and those do make sense. Uh, the reality is that we wanna get ahead of the eight ball. The fire service for so many years has always been reactive rather than proactive. And so that is the trend uh, that is pushing forward in the fire service right now, not only in Chesterton, but nationally and globally as well. Um, so that if you think about it, you know, when we talk about fire uh, extinguishers, those are used to put out the fire when you, re when you recognize it. And sprinkler systems are activated once the fire is recognized. But if we could prevent the fire from happening, period, we wouldn't need the sprinkler systems and the extinguishers, right? Right. I mean, nobody wants to have a fire. We as firemen don't even want you to have a fire. Um, I know. I know. Well, we got to keep you busy. No, right. I'm joking. So, I mean, if you want to have a Chesterton speaking, not yeah. Yeah. If you, you want to have a cookout, you know, that's great. We'll come over for that kind of fire. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's the reality, though, and that's and that's you're seeing trends throughout the U.S. and locally. Um, in all sorts of different areas and that's just one of them and that community risk reduction um, and so we're seeing that there's a conference coming up at Valpo U at the end of May that's specifically talking about it and there's just plenty of good resources out there uh, just trying to lead people in the fire service to start looking at your community um, maybe use the ESRI system use um, your GIS that you have what was the first ESRI yeah so, do you want to tell people what that is? Um, so, <laughs> or can you? You don't have. <laughs> it's just a. It's a. It's a huge system of data, um, and local municipalities have access to it. And the reason that you have access to it is because you import data into it, and then it'll also spit you can data pull out. out. But because all of the municipalities keep feeding the data into it, it it's growing and growing. It's bigger. It's bigger and it's stronger and stronger. Um, so that's that's the basic explanation mm -hmm. of what it is. Um, so by inputting your data in there, it'll allow you to do some mapping and you'll actually see like, I have EMS calls in this quadrant for this purpose, you know, so maybe we could do a blitz in this neighborhood to talk about this. Um, so it's just kind of trying to give you some target areas and just some different technical data aspects of it. Um, but this is all in like the infancy stage for us. Um, I completed the FLSE class uh, two years ago now, a year and a half ago, um, and we've got a couple other people that are going through it now. So we're just we're starting to build up our team in regards to looking at things in a more uh, proactive manner. Hmm. No, that's awesome. It's kind of uh, similar to what the police is doing with their you know community involvement and stuff. You're seeing right. that push and. Right. Uh, I think that's that goes a long way. And and with our health department, they just picked yeah. up their new uh, rig on uh, Friday. Is it good? So, yeah. Is it nice? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, they're still gonna. You know, they 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 have a lot of work to do with it yet still, and they're gonna get it wrapped and everything. But yeah, it's being proactive. Yeah, and getting involved. And I think it's. And I don't know if you know this, Eric. Uh, Greg's been involved. Have you ever heard of Stop the Bleed? Now let Greg talk about it. Go ahead, Greg. Because I always steal your thunder on that. <laughs> no, it's it's all right. It's just a. It's a nationwide program too. It started after Sandy Hook many years ago. They 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 determined the the government investigation determined that about 30% of people died because they bled out. So this has been a push to basically step in, normal people step in if there's some trauma where people are bleeding really bad, to stop or slow it down before the real emergency comes, you know, the, the yeah. EMTs and whatever. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's, 
help before the help arrives. Yeah, it's um, I I completely understand stop the bleed. We've got a we've got a stop the bleed instructor, and we make oh, all, good. all the town uh, employees have been through stop the bleed as well. Um, but you know, in the same manner, you do stop the bleed, and you also do CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what is American Heart Association talking about and pushing for CPR? We're, they're they're pushing for compressions. Um, you know, if we can get the blood to flow throughout the body, mm-hmm. just by doing compressions alone, you're going to be better off um, because at the six, seven minute mark without oxygen, your brain starts to die off. So you know, when, when you're doing CPR, does that is that pushing oxygen around? Because you're moving the heart, not the lungs, right? Or are you doing both? You're moving. Well, if you're doing true CPR, you're doing compressions and breaths. Okay. If you're just doing compressions only, you're pushing the heart to push the blood, and the blood has oxygen in it, so it is creating a flow. Okay. I'm um, not CPR trained. So. I'd love to get it. And I, oh, let's do it right now. Talk. We got yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Can we use Greg as the dummy? <laughs> um, uh, no. So when you when you do CPR, I always wondered, like, uh, you're not providing oxygen, right? You're providing CO2 because I'm exhaling into the person, or there's some oxygen in that? I, is that a dumb there question? Is, there is oxygen in okay. it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when... When you do a mouth-to-mouth CPR or a mouth-to-mouth CPR, you are pushing out some CO2 as well as oxygen, but it's, it's getting into the system. Okay. Um, and really, it's the compressions that are moving the blood throughout the body. So if you think about the heart, when it contracts, it pushes the blood out. So you're doing the same thing by pushing down on the heart. You're pushing the blood out. And then okay. so that's why you push down, you let it come back up, you push down. Um, and that's what makes the blood flow, which is going to help get the oxygen throughout the body, uh, mainly up to the brain. To the brain. Um, so that's something I need to do. Right. Well, <laughs> like, we've got the programs, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, I know, and they're free. <laughs> it's time. So. It's fighting time. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll get you trained. We'll get you trained. Oh, you want to hear a funny story? So no. this week, uh, no. Well, this I'm telling serious, it anyway. This is serious. I'm telling it anyway. There's no so, levity Eric, here. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but my dad got sick last week, real bad with pneumonia, and he's in the hospital and whatnot. But him and my mom, I go into the, the hospital room. This is a funny story? Well, yeah, so I get far. there. A Saturday. <laughs> so far. He's okay. So it's, he's still in, but I, we're, we're pretty sure he'll be okay. Um, so anyways, we're there Saturday morning, and my mom is telling my dad to do his breathing exercises, and he has these things. Have you ever seen the thing that you blow in, and it's you got to hold the... Uh, the little piece the little goes ball. up, a plastic goes up, yes, and you got to hold it there, and it's to exhale and push it out and, and hold it. So he's working his lungs. Anyways, he's, this ain't working, this ain't working. He's trying to show my son Adley how it works. And my mom goes outside. She's telling the nurse, she goes, George, it's working. His, that's his name. And uh, he's, he tries again. Now my mom gets a little plastic bag because he's got pneumonia, so he doesn't want to put her mouth on it. She's blowing it. It won't work. They're, they're over there struggling. So the nurse walks in, and I go, hey, you know, this thing is not working for my dad. What's going on? And she goes, what is he doing? And she let me see. And he blows in it, and she goes, Oh, you know that's a suck one, right? I was like, are you kidding me? They've been arguing for like 20 minutes, and we've been sitting in here uncomfortable. Yeah, so. So, so you blew in the other one, and it worked yeah, properly. Well, let's huh? just suck it in. Yeah. yeah, it works really well. So anyways, just to talk about air. That's, that's how I get on that subject. You know, there's this thing called directions once in a while that helps. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't need any directions. I don't uh, want to put it He's together. a man. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Like, I know what to There's do. There's 20 screws left over. Ah, they're using they, they the put thing. more in there. The needed. nurse brought it in they're the day before, and he was screws. doing it. Yeah, there's always extra screws. Yeah. Why do you think I can't get the cover on the washing machine still? <laughs> <laughs> but the washing machine works, so that's uh, <laughs> a plus. That's a bonus, right? <laughs> so, Eric, who do you report to? So, I know in Chesterton, um, they have a... a, a uh, a police board, correct? A police commission. Right. Yep. Is there something similar with the fire, or do you yeah, report so directly is, to the council? There's a fire department oversight committee. Okay. Um, and my my liaison, Jennifer Fisher. She's uh, a town she's, council member. She's a town council member. She's on the FDOC, um, and so I take ideas, concepts, um, sending operating procedures, uh, any of that, to the FDOC for approval. And then they recommend it to council. So then council ultimately makes the decision, yay or nay, on any of that. Um, oh, so it's an advisory board type position. Yeah, so it's an advisory. <laughs> okay. um, and so my true my true report would be with the town council. They're the ones uh, that can fire you if it came uh, down to it. Not that they would. Appoint would. or unappoint. Okay, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, and the, and the chief's position and the deputy chief's position are appointed positions. Um, and so oh, I didn't know the deputy point, uh, if, you know, we separated ways, whatever, uh, I would go back to my last rank 
uh, in the department. Um, so the way that the fire program works, and we'll talk here a little about police and fire, is that in the state of Indiana, it's a 1977 fund, which is a 20-year pension program. Um, so you have to be in the program for 20 years before you're vested. Um, it's, a, it's a time commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a true obligation. Um, and it's a career. Um, so, you know, anybody that's seeking a job, this is not, it's probably not the right avenue that you want to go down. Um, but anybody that's seeking a career in law enforcement or uh, fire department, this, th that would be the direction that you'd want to go. It's a career department that's got a 77 fund. Um, and then, so after your 20 years, you're vested, you're vested at 50% of the base salary. Um, and then from the year 20 mark to 32 mark, you can increase that up to 76%. Oh, wow. Um, so if you, and then there's one more program at the end called the drop, uh, where you could do that as well. And they would basically all of your, uh, money that you would be putting into your pension for three years, they'll separate it and put it in a savings account. And then at the end of your three years, uh, they'll cut you a check for that amount. So hmm. it is, I mean, that's a good program. Um, it's so technically it's you could start at 21 and be retired by 41 at half your pension and then get another job at half your pension, but you can't collect until you're 52. Oh, oh okay. So okay. there's. There's stipulations hmm. in there. Um, so it kind of incentivizes people to stay in. Stay in um, or, um, you know, just at 52, you can do that drop as well. So mm -hmm. you see a lot of people doing the age 52 drop for three years. So they're getting out around 55. Um, but you still got to have the health insurance between 55 and 65. Oh, that's right. Awesome. Awesome. right. So there's, Especially when there's, you're a fireman. Now, yeah, there's, yeah. there's that. Uh, so, um, yeah, but you're right. You could get in at 20. You could get in 18, actually, as, oh, okay. a, as a fireman. 21 is police. Um, 18 years old as a fireman. Valparaiso, Chesterton, and Portage all hire, all except 18-year-old uh, applicants. Uh, so you could get in at 18. You could be 38 years old and have your first pension and then go work somewhere now else. Now you become a policeman. <laughs> now you start as a policeman. Just, just not in the seventy-seven fund. <laughs> so they won't. They won't. They wouldn't allow that. Oh, okay. because it's in the same state mm -hmm. funds. You'd have to go over to Illinois and be a cop. Uh, then you're paying hella taxes. Well, I mean, it is what it it's is. Your choice. It is. But well, yeah, you get to vote so. twice, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a joke. Vote, tw vote twice for taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what? What kind of requirements? Um, like, if you're talking to high school kids and you're like, "Hey guys, come be a fireman with me." Like, what are the requirements? to do it do you have to go to school do you um, so technically on or? the state side of things there's there's not a lot of requirements um your ged 18 years of age um driver's license i assume or no yeah that'd be uh, preferred it, oh it's preferred <laughs> but not mandatory no it's probably mandatory <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, i can't speak for every department but uh, uh for Cheshire in particular we want you to be an emt and a firefighter one too um, and the reason that we want those is because those are the very basic blocks that we talked about at the beginning of this cast, uh, is that that's how you get your foundation. That's how you get started. Um, so your EMT license is a six-month course. It's usually like Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, and you just learn everything uh, that you need to know in order to be an EMT. So there's Does EMT Chesterton pay for that when you come on, or they need to get that prior? Everybody previous has had it prior. Okay. Um, now there are different things where somebody might have come through the volunteer ranks and then the department would send them off to EMT class um, as a volunteer and then end up coming in on a full-time basis. Um, so we've had some guys do that before. And you guys still have a volunteer program? Yep, we still have a volunteer program. Um, we have three active volunteers and four auxiliaries. Um, and the real difference between the two is our actives will actually go into burning buildings and our auxiliaries will be there to help with command structure, They'll be there to drive apparatus, like the tanker truck might need to get out to the scene, uh, so they can do that. We've got one that's a chaplain uh, for oh, us, cool. so anytime that there's uh, any cardiac arrests in town or anything, uh, any kind of trauma, injuries or whatever, stuff like that, he's always available. Um, so he's been with us for, I think, 13 years now. Um, so it's hmm. good to have a chaplain. Yeah. Um, so, but... Uh, yeah, and then another one, um, she's a younger lady. She just uh, got in as auxiliary, and she's going to be helping us with our educational programs. Um, so one of the things that she's going to do is probably go to that fire life safety educator course that we talked about. That's awesome. Um, so she's going to take that course through the state. And have that's that, cool and to have hear that, that there's on her women belt. involved in this. And I know that you have a few on your fire department yeah. as well, but it's really cool to see that they're coming up through the ranks as well. Yeah, and, uh, 
you know, the one I'm talking about, she started out as a cadet when she was in high school, uh, and that's how she got to know Chester mm -hmm. Fire. So it's pretty cool um, just to bring them in, get them involved, and then see what they can do, uh, what they want to get involved with too. Um, so there's lots of options out there. Um, back to, you know, how do you become a fireman? Um, the school system right now has set up a vocational program. Uh, so your junior year, you would go to the MAC, uh, which is mm -hmm. right here in Valpo. Yeah, we had her on. Right. Yes. Right? You go over to the MAC, and you would get your Firefighter 1-2 uh, training done during your high school days. Is that Firefighter Level 1, Level 2? Is that yep. what you mean? Level 1 and Level 2. Um, so you'd get those done. Uh, you'd also get your hazmat and a couple other uh, operations courses that you need. Um, so you'd get all your basic firefighter training out of the way. Is there a cost? Or is that no, covered by the MAC? it's through the school. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's through uh, Morgan Township Schools is technically the host, but we've had mm -hmm. Chesterton kids go through it, Valpo kids, uh, mm -hmm. Portage kids. Um, and then their senior year, then they go and they take their EMT vocational. So when they graduate high school and they're 18 years of age, they'll have their firefighter one, two, and their EMT already, and then they can start applying to different departments. Mm -hmm. um, there's just a shortage of employees everywhere. Oh, here's how I would decide, like Valpo, let me try your chair, because you're there for 24 hours. I want to know what the lazy boy is like. You know, I want to know where I'm relaxing. <laughs> now, what is the starting salary for, uh, for a oh, fireman? A fire person. Um, so, so it varies. It fire person. It fire varies people? by municipality, mm -hmm. um, and I will get you a solid answer on what Chesterson's starting is. As soon Seventy-five thousand—that's pretty good. I heard that. Wow. Seventy-five. He's gonna smack you. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty close to that. Taxes just went up. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll get you a solid answer on that in a second. Um, so. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to ask about that. Because you're excited about 75 grand. I know. Grand. What's, what's you want to go now be a fire person. I was super distracted. <laughs> so you guys, oh, that's what I was going to ask. So I know in Chesterton, uh, so Burns Harbor, Porter, they are volunteer, and I'm, I'm familiar with them. That's why I'm mentioning them. Uh, Chesterton is um, a union shop, right? Or all firemen union once you're full-time? Is that how that yeah, works? Yeah, so it's 100% uh, union, and that's by choice. Um, oh, so of, not every of the, fire of department. The members. Okay. It's, it's of, by choice of the members um, that they all belong to Local 4600, um, and that's their choice to make. It's um, a good group. They supported me. I like they, them. They, <laughs> it, it is a good group. It's a great group of guys. That's not why it's a great group, because um, they, they supported me, no, just they, to clarify. They do a lot. They uh, are a good group. They do right. a lot for the community every year. They really do. Um, you know, I think, I think they did over $9,000 in donations last year. As you know, and it's truly it's the organization is composed of Chesterton firefighters that are full time. So they're they're paying their union dues and then they're taking that money and donating it to other municipal charities in the area. And, you know, um, you know, just a prime example is somebody was selling Girl Scouts uh, cookies across the street the other day. So they went over there and I think they bought a hundred dollars worth of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, that's you know, awesome. Not that they needed them, but <laughs> <laughs> they're still in the station. So, but, uh, yeah, they're for sale right now. It's a fundraising yeah. opportunity. $10, $10 a box. There's a little markup. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, and, and you know, they sponsor, uh, rebuild together every year, yeah. uh, toys for tots and Reggie Hess. Um, you know, Reggie's always been a good supporter of the fire department mm -hmm. and just to help him back with the toys for tots, uh, that guy's amazing. Oh, he's, he's a Marine. He's awesome. He um, is very involved in the community, just like you guys. I don't know yeah, if you know he, Reggie. He was, he's done some work with our uh, department down, uh, what's the armed services department we have? What's it called? Veterans. 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 There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Hmm. He used to work with the gentleman that ran it uh, oh, okay. before him. Okay. Before who we have now. Hmm. So, no, it's a great, great group. And so it's really interesting that you have that. It's good that you guys have that unionization and are able to bring it uh, to the salary that you're going to tell us about sometime today. Yeah, dun, we'll dun, talk dun, about dun. it when we get there. But, uh, <laughs> There's lots of scrolling no, so going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to be true with my numbers. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm just keeping the show going. <laughs> uh, you're fine. So where uh, are you guys? I'm sorry. You, you. Probationary entry level uh, in 2021 was 44000 okay. a year. But that was your first year. So an 18-year-old can make 44 grand. And what do you work in? How many hours a week? Uh, 2,920 a year. So it's 24 on and 40. How do you off. remember that? Because <laughs> <laughs> you only work 2080. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the normal schedule is 2080, and the firefighter schedule is 2920. 
Um, so it's almost, you know, it's right there. Yeah, it's it's nine hundred, almost nine hundred dollars more a year. Um, Do you but, like that schedule? Because now you you're not on that I'm schedule not on that now, schedule right? Anymore. But you were, weren't you? I was. Um, so the every third day schedule was something that you got very used to. Um, you know, today was my work day, so tomorrow morning at eight a.m. I'd go home, and then I'd come back Thursday morning at eight a.m. Um, gave you forty-eight hours to take care of what you needed to take care of at mm-hmm. home. Um, some guys have second jobs, uh, you know, or they work other ambulance. You know, they work on other ambulances or whatever they do. Some guys do some uh, home repairs, stuff like that. Can your family visit um, you at the station, or is it no, off limits? So no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You're, you could still see so, your daughters, and yeah, your your daughters can come by. Um, family can visit. You know, Super Bowl, you would have family would come in. Oh, really? Would watch it there. Uh, if you got a call, you just run the call like normal. Um, same thing with holidays, um, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have their gatherings at the station with their family. You know, and my kids got used to Christmas is not. December 25th, Christmas is the day that we celebrated. That dad was off? It doesn't matter that today is the 24th or the 26th. Like, it's, this is, you know, this is the day that we're going to celebrate it. And and if you think about it, if you go to your family gatherings, you know, Mm -hmm. there's always the, the, Saturday before Christmas where they're opening presents with mm. this grandma and grandpa yeah. and then there's the mm-hmm. one afterwards where they're opening with that one so it's it's just you know yes Christmas is significant on the day and on the religious calendar but when you work this schedule you yeah know, your kids get used to it mm-hmm. and they accommodate and even their even their birthdays are accommodating too you know they, they might have been born on january 7th but guess what on the 8th that's when we're gonna have <laughs> this your is party the day. right if so. you got a problem with it you ain't getting presents so yeah but uh and they got a cool fire station greg i don't know i'm sure valpo has a couple like that too but they actually have a fireman pole and i've gone on a tour there with the school and i have video of me using this and it's awesome it's got like a little box that comes down like the weight the weight of you holding on the pole opens the doors, right? Opens the doors, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting how it works. They're kind of going by the wayside, though, aren't they, these poles? Some of them are going by yeah. the wayside. Uh, I won't even tell you why. Uh, well. But <laughs> there's there's people that yeah. make more money than we do that decided that they could be bad for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Chesterton's not getting rid of theirs, right? But we have a solid 12-inch mat at the bottom of ours yeah. to pet. To pad your landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If um, I could do it, anybody could do it. That's right. true. It's, yeah, it's that's very true. If Annie can handle that, <laughs> just imagine what else he could do. And I remember my daughter being at the bottom because they didn't know who was coming down. And I came down and I'm screaming because I'm excited. And she was, I'm so embarrassed, Dad. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Hey, speaking of excited, uh, we're excited to be on WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. I'm not sure if we said who we were today. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Greg Sims. The other host, Andy Bozak. And uh, we got Eric uh, Camel. Because now you're going to use Chief Carmel. Cam- Chief Camel. Chief. That's right. We cannot. Uh, we, we have royalty in the room here. Oh, I wouldn't go and, that far, uh, but thank you. <laughs> I mean, I did get serenaded at lunch today, but that's a whole other story. Well, it is Valentine's, pre-Valentine's Day. Valentine's is coming, yeah. And in all honesty, I did. We went to lunch today at Gastro 49, and Mrs. Johnston, who was my fourth grade uh, elementary school teacher at Jackson Elementary, her quartet showed up for lunch. Are you kidding? And she, I said, what are you guys doing? And she said, they're, they're called the Singing Valentines. And I said, oh, did you guys come in to sing for us? And she starts laughing. And then she goes, but we're going to. And so, so then they sang, we are, or you are my sunshine. Aww. And uh, I would sing it back, but it wouldn't sound anything as good as they did. Because it was actually, it was pretty awesome. Well, we got and, a half hour. You could practice. And, all, <laughs> and everybody in the uh, restaurant clapped for them. So That's really cool. I, uh, they're, they're pretty cool. They're, they run around to the nursing homes and they do it. Um, so, I would yeah. have thought they'd sing "Burning Down the House." No, not burning down the house. <laughs> he we can't we get on board that. with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with the fire department, who, who dispatches you guys? So, I know with Porter um, Police and, and Chesterton Police, they're dispatched by the Porter dispatch station whereas everybody else is dispatched by porter county dispatch and and right the 911 the 911 facility so where are you guys dispatched yeah, so from? central dispatch or porter porter county 911 centers our dispatch center as oh, well okay oh so that's um, only police dispatch so yeah it's it. only police dispatch um and you know they mm. the police 
the two police departments have combined to have that one dispatch center uh, that operates well for them. Um, but uh, we are on the county system, and uh, it does well for us. Um, the county provides us, you know, with as much coverage as they can for dispatchers. And when we get a fire, they try to go on the same frequency we are. As long as they have staffing, that they have adequate staffing to do so, they'll do that. And they really are another set of ears uh, on a fire scene. And so they do time checks on us throughout an incident. And they'll, you know, check in, check on your accountability, see what the progress or situation may be on the fire scene and then you just kind of give them updates and they also relay information to incoming units uh, that might not hear your original transmit so our dispatch center does a great job for us um, I enjoy working with them they always take care of us and it's like if there's anything that they ever needed we would try to help but it's always us calling them for something <laughs> so it's a uh, yeah <laughs> So. so what's up with, back in the day, they used to have these radios that were dispatched out there. Like, they had different tones for different fire stations. We still have those. So you, you had to recognize the tone. Yeah, so I what mean, do you have? you got I a fancy one here. Pager. Uh, we might catch a tone here. Oh, okay. Uh, so we'll just put it on scan. We'll kind of keep it down low. But yours uh, has a screen. They didn't have screens back then. Yeah, they the didn't day. have screens back then. But uh, So I've just got it open now. It's on scan. Uh, so it's scanning dispatch, and it'll pick up um, all Porter County, Valpo, and portage on the fire scan that it's on right now um, so these tones still go off and they activate uh, the paging system and the also the alert inside the stations so then our station alert will go off to identify that there's a call uh, we also use a program called active 911 um, and those come directly to your cell phones um, and active 911 uh, I'll show it to you and I'll let you take a look at it uh, it just that's not uh, the thing county uses is it yep okay so uh, if you just take a look at it, like you'll see our last call that we had there, uh, it'll tell you the address, what the name of the call was. If you click on the call itself, um, to just pick any call you want, uh, click on it, and then it'll give you a view there where you actually can click on a map. Um, you can tell it if you're responding. Uh, it'll tell you more information on the call itself. It'll tell you where the closest hydrants are. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's and good info to have. Yeah, it's great info yeah, to hydrant have. hydrant map. And, yeah, mm -hmm. and it'll just give you locations. Um, so you can do a lot with your phone now if yeah. you miss a call because back in the day if you missed a call You didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. Right. right. So yeah. now you can replay it I think your new pager records it too, yeah, right? So you can play yeah, them back. These ones record they play back and that you're right But back in the day when I first started in Beverly Shores, they gave me the old minute or four <laughs> And it was just a little about the same size height, but a little skinnier and all I would get was your pager went off well, what did it say? I don't know. I didn't listen to it. It woke me up. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll just kind of mosey on down to the fire we'll station. See, what <laughs> see, what, see what's going on. Um, and it could have been anything. It could have been, you know, an all-county call. It could have been a dive call. It could have been a call for Beverly Shores. You know, but now now the technology is catching up. Um, or, well, the technology was always there. I guess we're catching up to the technology. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now we have the ability to kind of understand a little bit better who we're getting resource-wise right from the beginning. Um, we've got MDTs inside of our vehicles now, which is a big change for the fire service because it was always grab the microphone and say you're en route. Now you can just push the button on the screen. Oh, and, it's a digital dispatch type of yeah, thing? Yeah, so and mm -hmm. the cops have had MDTs for years, right? You know, their MDT display tells them where their next call is, and they do all their paperwork, and they can type on their computer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but now the fire side is actually going that direction as well. Um, so we uh, just got a new engine the end of last year, got a new uh, pickup truck to replace the Tahoe uh, as well, and both of those have MDT setups on them so that they'll be full screen, integrated, they'll be able to type, they'll be able to do their report on the way back from the call, um, and just kind of streamlining the process there. Uh, we also picked up uh, a couple iPads for the station so that the people that are riding backwards in the truck, so you've got your driver and your officer up front, and then you've got your backseat man or woman, uh, you know, one or two people back there, so that they can actually take that iPad and take a look at it and say, all right, Google Maps shows this as a two-story house. Uh, looks like the garage is on the left, the front door's to the right. You know, I'm guessing that the kitchen's going to be, you know, first floor on the right looks like bedrooms to the left and they can give actually a little size up to their own crew on the way to the call um, so we're trying to use we're trying to integrate technology into what we're doing uh, because what we did for years is you know we're going to the Bozak house for a fire nobody knows what it looks like nobody knows where I'll we tell you it's park. surrounded in Christmas lights right still, uh, <laughs> no not still <laughs> and towers, and, towers. <laughs> and you know but 
and you didn't know any of that information and when you're riding backwards you're looking backwards so you, you really only got to see out the side window and then when you got on the scene you're like was well, the house on fire to my right or left up oh, there it is it's that way you know it's funny you say that because i had a buddy that um years ago was trying out for the fire department and this was before technology it was probably 10 15 years ago was this prevalent and one of the tests that he had to do was go around burns harbor with another fireman and find roads the guy would tell him find lake park road and he would have to go there to find it mm. to make sure that they knew if they, and he was he was a rookie he was a real young yeah. guy i don't know if that's normal but they showed him to learn the map because you gotta know where you're going yeah for now, sure do you see a point where at some point uh houses are going to be downloading their designs in this so that you know exactly on your screen what you're walking into i think there will be a point um i think that from a legislative view of things it'll take a while from building code to start making that happen mm-hmm. i think that some optional there's, there could be some optional software in there that people could do that into but from like a uh a mandated aspect of it. I think it'll be a while. What about um, our 911 system? Because we have that smart 911 now at the county, and I can upload my kids' ailments, how many dogs I have, stuff like that. I wonder if there's a place on there, or, or maybe they can turn on a place there where they could do that for you. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to. Um, because what we do in the fire service for commercial buildings is we'll do a pre-plan. So we'll say, if we get to this building and it's fully engulfed, we need to get... 4,000 gallons of water a minute to put it out, right? So now we have an idea of how much water we're going to need and where we're going to be able to, what we're going to be able to pull off of a hydrant, plus what we can be able to, maybe we'll shuttle in the rest of it, you know, stuff like that. Or we'll be able, we'll have enough pressure off of this hydrant and that hydrant to take care of it. Um, but we do pre plans, and so you lay out the building. Um, it's, you know, CAD ish. Uh, you just kind of measure it out and draw it up, and now we got a pre plan of the wow. building. You kind of know the layout mm-hmm. of the land. Um, and you know, if you see our fire truck going up to a new building construction, like the Ken Allen building, the guys will roll up there, they'll park, they'll go inside, and they want to see what's going on inside. They want to see how it's being built. They mm-hmm. want to see what the layout is, and they want to have an idea, a little bit of a game plan beforehand. Um, again, it's a good example. You know, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. try to get before it rather than learn it as a, on the fly in an in an emergency situation. But I would also hope that a lot of these new buildings already have the sprinkler system, so it wouldn't be as adamant to... I mean, not that you don't want to show up if there's a fire, but... Oh, no, you're going to work you know, out. That's a little they show up when there's not a fire, because we keep calling you guys to my work, and you guys keep showing up. <laughs> Stop dialing 911, people! <laughs> Why would they dial 911? It's happened like three times oh, in the last two months, six that's months. Right. And it's, what, $5,000 fine every time, it, Not right? yet, but it will. Oh. They will start fining if they continue to do it. Yeah, we're actually... Tonight, it's on the... It's on the town council agenda, I'm sure of it. Chief needs a new vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so does the Burns Harbor chief. I just heard about that. So what's but, your role uh, on a scene? When you roll up and there's a fire engulfing and building, as the chief, you're responsible for every person there? Yeah, so a lot of it comes down to uh, initial tactics. Because I know how uh, Chief account- Bowden does it on, on Chicago Fire. Right, yeah. <laughs> and even the fire chief at right. uh, that, that show of fire, uh, the one on uh, West with the California. Fire oh, country? I know. Fire I country. haven't seen Fire Country yet, but oh, I've got to yeah. record it. They, they got inmates <laughs> that actually, you know, Department of Corrections actually helps them too. Ooh. Yeah. So what we'll we'll think about? Something to think about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's your there? role? What are you doing? Okay, so it kind of depends. Like, am I showing up first? Am I showing up after the engine? You know, that, that kind of determines the thing. So I'll just do a fire that we had a couple weeks ago. And I was the first one on the scene. So first thing I did was uh, found the homeowner. Made contact with them, made sure that everybody they was, were outside every, already. Made sure everybody was outside of the building. Uh, once I confirmed that with the homeowner, then I did a walk around the building. We call it a 360, and I'm walking around the building. I'm trying to look and see what I can determine. Uh, the homeowner gave me advice. He said that you know I was in the basement messing with the furnace. The furnace caught fire. So I have a good I have a good guess of where the fire is. It should be in the basement next to the furnace. Um, but I walk around and make sure that it hasn't you know transversed up. It's not on the first floor. It's not made to the second floor. Um, some on the balloon construction, it'll shoot all the way up to the roof. Um, so it just kind of depends on what the structure of the building is. Uh, and from there, it's just make a determination of what I want my engine to do, on my first engine to do on arrival. Um, are they going to hit a hydrant on their way in? Are they just going to pull in and we'll back lay to a hydrant if need be? Uh, are we out in the township like we were in this case where we're just going to use tanker water? Um, and so what tankers are is just, you know, like our tanker at Chester carries 3,000 gallons of water. Um, our engine carries 750 gallons, so it is a supplement of water supply. 
Um, so you use your tankers when you're in non-hydrated areas. Is 3,000 a lot? 3,000 is a good chunk of it's water. It's good. That'll help yeah. you. Yeah. Um, most fires, if you get to them, you know, quick enough, if they report it right away and we get there quick enough, and we should be able to put it out with, you know, 750 gallons of water. But when you get other fires that, you know, it was through the roof, and then five minutes later we got toned out because the neighbors spotted it or somebody driving down the street and the whole building's engulfed, you know, you're, it's just going to take a lot of water because you're so far behind the eight ball. Um, so my role is to establish command, do a 360, and try to give any of that pertinent information to the first incoming engine. Um, in the case that we had the other day, I told them, hey, there's a door right on the back side straight through the door down the steps to the basement will get you down there furnace to your left uh, and then they're going to go in with their uh, tick which is their thermal imaging camera and they'll be able to that, that'd be pretty cool you should have brought that today right yeah that would be <laughs> just throwing that out there we could close turn the lights off yeah fine greg <laughs> but uh yeah so they'll, they'll go in oh, with the thermal imaging camera uh identify where the hot spot is and then try to put the fire out obviously um, and then after that, if, if that goes well, then we're going to be looking for extensions and doing some overhaul. Make sure that it's not spreading anywhere else in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, after I get there, uh, accountability, making sure I know who's where, mm-hmm. um, making sure that we have an interior crew, making sure that we have a RIT team, a rapid intervention team. Are so, you so, the one shutting it down if, it, if so, they need to pull them out? Yeah. That's you too? And that could be me. That could be a safety officer. It could be oh, another, okay. you know, it could be another officer on the scene. Um, everybody's eyes and ears on the scene. So when you see something, you say something. Um, we've got a dedicated channel that's committed to that incident alone. Um, so it's an ops channel that we'll use. And, you know, we communicate back and forth. The guys that are inside are communicating out. Uh, the guys on the outside are communicating in if we see something. Um, we've been on scenes where uh, I've been interior on a scene before. And I was like, man, we're getting it. We're getting somewhere. And they're like, you guys seem to come out. You guys need to come out. I was like, no, we're making headway. And we walked outside, and the whole other side of the building was My going. Uh, it, was, it was like a torch blowing wow. out the window 20, wow. to 20 feet away from the door we were in. But you got your part and out, so you like, did it. Well, mine's – I'm good over here. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, and so and that's just how it works. On you know, oh. So as the fire chief or even the deputy chief in my absence, you know, that, that's just taking care of the guys, getting the resources, and making sure that we're accountable for everybody because mm-hmm. uh, the last thing we want to do is – uh, to have anybody, you know, not go home at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so safety first in our members and ourselves, um, and that's that's always the approach. It's going to be in the fire service. Uh, we're going to be out there to do whatever we can do to help any situation that comes about. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to remember that we have to make sure that we're going home, mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's and that's fair. Um, and you know, these guys do a really good job uh, all the time on their calls, and they put a lot of risk their own life uh you know out every day that they're at work because you never know that today's going to bring or tomorrow and uh you know the if you just go back to 9-11 those guys in new york you know 343 of them they didn't know what was going to happen the next day or that day mm-hmm. they all went to work to do their job and uh so that's you know that yeah. is part of the fire service and everybody understands that you know we uh was about a year ago we smelled some smoke out here and the, the vu building yeah. was on fire yeah. Yeah, uh, we heard it. Yeah, a we were like, "What the heck is going on?" Couple blocks away. Yeah. yeah. So and I don't guys, think it's still being rebelled yet. They still haven't done anything. Like I mean, that, I that wasn't so. anything incriminating on yourself. Was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that was so Greg Sims. Look, look at him! Look at him throw me under the bus. Yeah. That son of a gun. Yeah. So we got so. about twelve minutes left, guys. Actually, about eleven. <laughs> One so, of the Andy, co- where were you? <laughs> yeah, let's change of subject. You know, all I know is I went to the bathroom and he wasn't around. Right. And the next thing you know, I'm walking outside and there he... I was running from somewhere. <laughs> you were kind of sweaty that day, come to Shut think of up. it. <laughs> this is going to get played by to Sheriff Ballin. He's going to come get me. Um, it's easy this- to find. He's driving that black Suburban with pink stripes yes. on the side. I am not hard to find. That is pink true. Pink stripes. One of the cooler things that um, I know about you, Eric, is first of all, your family and, and your wife. They're amazing. Uh, you know, Thank way you. cooler than you. But I, agree. I say the same thing about my family, too. I agree. So, <laughs> well, let's throw, so do I. Throw a shout out. <laughs> Thank you to them. But one of the cool things that I don't know a lot about what you do is you're an airplane pilot. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> you started the show that way. I know. Catch on no, that? that's why I wrote it down. Yeah. I wanted to bring that back up. I do know that about him, but I didn't know how or why. You know, yes. that's awesome. So uh, after I graduated high school, I uh, I was just interested in flying and aviation. And I went uh, down to uh, 
the Valpo Airport there, and I walked into Eagle Aircraft, and they were, at that point in time, they were operating out of a uh, trailer on the hmm. side of a hangar, and I walked in Like a van down by the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Uh, and so I walked in there, and I talked to them, and, uh, you know, Dante, who was the lead instructor there, he just told me the basics, and he's like, you know, you got to do a ground school, and then we, uh, after you get halfway through ground school, we do some flight time and get you, you know, your private license and so is that a big uh, cost involved to so, start out you know it was <laughs> it wasn't as bad back then in uh-huh. 2001 as it is now mm. um now it's probably so there's 40 hours minimum required before you can sit for your check ride to get your private license and that doesn't sound like a lot uh, but 40 hours of flying is pretty significant. It. And you have to pay for um, gas, too, right? Is that how? And, well, there's, it's all-inclusive. Oh, right? okay. But, uh, That's why it's so expensive. He's going to tell us uh, how much. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, I think today's rate is probably around like $150 an hour, a wow. flight hour. Um, so you're probably talking about six grand, and that just gets you your private license. Um, and a private license basically means that if it's clear skies you can fly if you can get if you can stay below the clouds you can fly you have to be able to see everywhere you go that's all i want because anything more sounds so, scary yeah. dodge bullets no no balloons oh, balloons. balloons yeah dodge dodge balloons. what they think are balloons <laughs> yeah those those balloons are way too hot <laughs> so and then uh after that you would go get your instrument which i ended up doing um, is instrument it, license instrument meaning you license. can fly with your instruments yep and that's exactly what it means you can fly with instruments um you can fly through clouds um you're still not going to fly through thunderstorms because they're going to kick your butt um and the plane's butt too good and uh, well just, i don't want to be with you in that right. that sounds horrible but uh you know i've gone through some clouds uh with my kids uh in the aircraft you know they think it's cool you know you start out on the you start out on the gray side in indiana and you pop out on the sunny side uh, above the clouds, and then you fly for wherever you're going. Uh, That's and, cool. And it's cool because you get on top of the clouds, and the air is a little bit smoother up there, and it's sunny, and it's like you forgot that we've been in winter for 18 months at that mm-hmm. point of your life when you thought that you've been in winter for 18 months. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, is that like a plane exchange, or do you have a plane that you fly? Or is that a personal I, I question? I have access to that, okay. a plane. Um, <laughs> and so it's another fireman. Uh, he's on Portage. It's his plane, and that's cool. Uh, so he he allows me to when it's when he's not using it or if it's available. Um, and him and I have taken some trips too. Uh, back in 2020, uh, I don't know. It's probably September, October. Uh, we shot to Kansas City for lunch one day. I was on that 2448 <laughs> schedule. <laughs> So we got up in the morning. We met. It up sounds here. like you and your wife. His right. wife's an airline pilot, or an airline uh, stewardess. Kind of stewardess. Stewardess. So they get cheap flights. So. Awesome. Yeah. So we we <laughs> met here at Valpo Airport, and we flew to Kansas City, got some barbecue for lunch, and then uh, flew back. I've never so been how long did it take? Flight. The cool. whole like eight hours, six hours? Uh, I think we had five and a half hours on the way there. Oh. But I think it was three and a half or four hours on the way back because we had a nice tailwind. Wow. And, uh, you know, we the plane is supposed to go about 145 knots. Uh, convert that over, it's probably about 160 miles an hour or so. Um, but on the way back, we're going over 200 knots uh, with the tailwind. So it's just, it's just pushing you along. And uh, so we cruised right back in. Uh, so, yeah, I think we got somewhere around eight, maybe nine hours of flying that day. Hmm. That's um, so cool. And yeah. It, yeah, it's just, I, I, I it's only just, know a couple pilots, and one of them we graduated with, John Doherty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it was just, it was, uh, it was a cool experience. And uh, there's actually, as, as weird as this sounds, we would look at the map and see who has the cheapest gas. And that's where we would fly to for the day. So we'd be like, oh, well. Downtown Kansas City's got a good price on gas, so that's where we'll, I'm fly, going. we'll fly there and fill up and get some barbecue. So, yeah, awesome barbecue. It was actually owned by another uh, a Kansas City fireman. Uh, it was his shop, and I didn't know that until we were there eating. Oh, that's cool. And the guy's like, yeah, this is owned by so-and-so. He's on Kansas City Fire. I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> Small <Sweet. world. laughs> So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool things in the fire mm-hmm. service, um, you know, and I talk about that, and it reminded me that everybody's All patches. Right. Uh, so Chester and Fire has its own patch on her shoulder, uh, similar to this one, and they trade patches. Oh. You know, you, so if you're in Kansas City, you would you'd give mm-hmm. him a patch and vice versa. So I ended up mailing him the guy oh, from Kansas City. Oh, to collect them? Yeah, I mailed him one. So there's patches and then there's coins. 
um, challenge coins, and those mm -hmm. are uh, throughout the fire service too. Um, so Chesterton has challenge coins. Chesterton has a 20-year uh, challenge coin. So when you get 20 years on, you receive a challenge cool. coin. Um, so, so I know our sheriff has one, or at least Reynolds, Dave Reynolds had oh, one. Oh, did he? And then um, I've gotten one from the DEA guy. A DEA gentleman at church gave me one. It's really cool. Oh. Okay. Interesting looking coin. Right. Kind yeah. of church you go to, you got DEA agents. Uh, hey, man, you know. we don't play around. We're Catholics. Wow. <laughs> We're Catholics. <laughs> it's a good Catholic program. <laughs> no. It's just a plant. It doesn't do anything. It's just yeah. a plant. <laughs> Did you, I, I never knew that they prescribed fentanyl in the hospital. They gave my dad fentanyl on Saturday, and I was like, really? I thought that was only an abused drug. I didn't realize it was an actual drug that, that is used that kills to people. treat pain. Right. I was blown away by that. Um, anyways, he was really That's happy after that. I'll say that. He was really smiling. Wow, he's never been happy. I've <laughs> never seen him smile so much. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, no, fentanyl is a prescribed drug. You're yeah. correct. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So are you guys dealing with a... a, a the are you guys stealing fentanyl? Is that what you're about Yeah, to say? are you guys stealing fentanyl? No. <laughs> oh, um, God. What about the heroin problem in Chesterton? Do you guys run into that a lot, or is that more the EMT side of things? Or? Well, so, I mean, if it's uh, an overdose, Chesterton Fire will be dispatched with uh, the Porter Medics. Um, and so we'll respond to calls. Um, so, you know, what's the overdose for? You know, we'll have to, we won't, most of the time we won't know. Um, they don't generally just have their drugs sitting out yeah. for you to, you know, mm -hmm. to, they're not trying to share them with anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, true. you know, and, and we'll, we'll just know it's an overdose and we'll use Narcan, uh, and try to bring mm -hmm. them back around that way. Um, but then when the medics get there, they'll establish an IV and then they can put a Narcan in IV. And so you guys are all prepared with Narcan, the fire department yep. as well. So I know the police officers carry. Yeah, the carry. police and fire. Um, so we've got the nasal injectors. Um, mm -hmm. so. If a person's not uh, overdosing and you use it, can it harm them? Like if I find someone, so it's a safe drug to use if somebody... You're not, you can't just nod, Greg. They, they oh, can't I, hear I you nod. Answer. Oh, no. I, 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 I was waiting to see yeah. if Andy wanted to try it. No, or what? I, I know the answer. <laughs> no, the answer. Yeah, yeah. See if it works for me. Because <laughs> we do it with our Stop the Bleed. It's one of the things okay. we do. Because so, in our kits, too, we have the Narcan in the kits. I was, that's, so, yeah, it, I was it always hurt you. concerned it, yeah, yeah, if it, I ever had to use it. I don't have any. No. But. Yeah. It, it's not going to hurt anybody. It won't kill you. Hurt You know. It, when in doubt, it's better it's to better use to it than use not. It than right. not. Yeah. That's, that's but, what but I was yeah, trying that's to say. That's a great, better way to say it than I asked it. Yeah, so thanks. Yeah. thanks for saving me, Greg. <laughs> yeah, you, you come to one of our trainings, Andy, uh, you know you know this. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> we, we, actually, we have a training next uh, March 8th. March 8th. So if anyone out there wants to learn how to stop the bleed, uh, it's 530 to, to 6.30. It's only about an hour. And we'll do the Narcan thing. We'll, do, uh, we'll show you how a defibrillator works. Um, we don't do, we won't do CPR at that, but some people are curious about how a defibrillator is. So, you know, we'll hit a button and, and you can hear it, talk to you and stuff. And where, so, where at? At the county building, a 102A. 102A. And, come uh, in the front doors? Front doors, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And uh, come downstairs to the meeting. And it's free, you said? It is free, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. So That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, we are down to the last minute and 40, so is there anything Ooh. else you wanted to cover? I know. I'm like, dude, you got a minute. Go. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just really Shout out. Yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate, uh, first off, you guys inviting me to come out and talk today. Uh, it's, it's important to me that we do public education uh, to all of our communities. You know, this broadcast is going to go out over Valpo, Chester, Portage. Podcast will go the, all over the, the world. Podcast yeah. go all over the mm -hmm. world. So, and to me, it's important that we start looking at things from a proactive standpoint. You know, how can we really prevent the next thing from happening? We can't prevent all emergencies, and if we could, we wouldn't have a job, right? So, um, you know, we're going to be there on the worst days of people's lives, and we understand that. Uh, but if there's any way that we can help out and prevent it, you know, we want to be involved as much as we can. Um, I think that the Chester Fire Department as a whole is growing in that regards. I think that across the nation it's happening. I know that they're doing it at Valpo Fire. I know that they're doing it at Portage Fire. And you know, it really comes down to funding mechanisms in order and how to and how to accomplish it. Um, so you know, mm -hmm. as every good program has, it needs funding and support. And so that's where you know we're like I said, Justin, this is infancy stage. Uh, we're just getting it lined up. We're going to look at doing the whole complete analysis uh, to figure out exactly what we can do and then where the funding can come from. 
Um, I think that there's good sources, and I just uh, appreciate this being here today, uh, you know, just to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for so. coming on, man. Yeah. Greg, you want to close us out? Because we sure. got a few minutes. Yes, seconds. WVLP 103.1 FM. You've been listening to Porter County Buzz. And uh, this is one of the co-hosts, Greg Sims. The other co-host, Andy Bozek. And uh, we've been sponsored by the Independent Order of Odd Fellows. Check Quick Watch number 56. 56. Woo! Out of breath. And we've been listening to Chief Eric Camel from Chesterton Fire. And thank you for joining us. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you Thanks guys. A lot. Have Take a care. great week.